You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena and pastor of Christ the King University Parish in Missoula, Montana. It's a providential gospel. And I felt called in this, uh, in praying through this gospel to preach on heaven. The Lord is good. I just heard uh, of the passing of the friend of a few of the students we have here. And it's always a troubling moment when someone passes away, especially tragically and unexpectedly. And also, and also someone who is young and had their whole life ahead of them. And so we meditate on heaven and the hope that we have for it. For much of the history of the world, both amongst pagans and the early history of Judaism, there was a very low conception of heaven. It was just unclear exactly what happened to us after we died. In fact, they had no conception of what we would call heaven, uh, only a dim ideal of what they called Sheol, um, Hades in Greek. It's the same word. And it wasn't a pleasant place. Uh, it wasn't a pleasant place for the Greeks. It was just sort of an, a watery underworld. Everyone went there, good and bad, and they just sort of walked around aimlessly, waiting for someone from up top to come down and visit them for a little bit. For the Hebrew people, it was a little different. It was, much, it was kind of like a, a place of sort of natural bliss, uh, but certainly imperfect and a place of longing, longing for the Messiah, longing for whatever God would do. He had a plan. We weren't sure what it was. Why God took his time in revealing this is unclear, but there's two possible reasons. First, I think we needed to learn how to live this life before we could think about heaven. Now, that, that goes both ways. How do we live this life without thinking about heaven? And we'll get to that. Second, though, I don't think we could comprehend what heaven is until Jesus himself revealed it to us. Because heaven is so tied up in the incarnation. Our idea of what heaven is is so dependent on Jesus becoming man that I don't think we could fully understand divine life until the incarnation, until Jesus came to reveal to us what that was and invite us into it. And so it necessarily had to wait. But later in the Old Testament, we do see an idea of the resurrection of the dead and some sort of justice for this life. You know, in Ezekiel, we see Ezekiel walking out into this, he has this vision of him walking into this sort of field of bones, this plain full of dead bones of all the Israelites who have ever lived. And the Lord says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Say to them, I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And so Ezekiel does this and he sees this whole field of bones come to life. It's kind of a terrifying and awesome image to meditate on. But that's sort of generally about Israel. What about us? You know, what about us individually? Is the Lord, is he actually speaking literally in this vision or is he not? 
it came to be that the Israelites thought of it in a very literal way. And we see that first in the book of wisdom, in these later books, you know, just two or, two or three centuries before Christ came. In wisdom, if you've ever been to a funeral, you've almost certainly heard this reading. In wisdom, it says, the souls of the just are in the hand of God. No torment shall touch them. In the sight of the unwise, they seem to die, and their departure taken for misery. But they're going away from us, utter destruction, but they are in peace. Though in the sight of men they suffered torments, their hope is full of immortality. We're coming to understand that the Lord has something for us. And finally, we see in our reading today, the first reading from the book of Maccabees, when we really start to see people martyred for their faith, that's when, in a sense, we begin to demand heaven of the Lord. And that, I think that was what he was waiting for from us. So in Maccabees, we see, as these seven brothers are all tortured and killed in front of their mom, who encourages them not to give up their faith, but to die. She's a tough mom. And the first brother says, you accursed fiend, you are depriving us of this present life, but the king of the world will raise us to life again forever. It is for his law that we die. So we see these brothers willing to die for the law. And is this is, it just makes so much sense in thinking about heaven, because we have this idea that's juggled back and forth in different, in different forms throughout all of history, and I guess it goes by, it goes by a multitude of different names. What we, we call it today like the health and wealth gospel. The, the ancient Jews called it the retribution principle. It's the idea that, that the just will be rewarded in this life and that the wicked will be punished. And that's just a stupid idea. It just doesn't make any sense. It almost seems like the opposite in this world, that the wicked almost always prosper and the just are almost always punished for their just, for being just. And that, in, in seeing that over and over again, we, we then demand of the Lord, what are you going to do about this? The Psalms over and over again talk about it. Lord, what are you going to do about this fact that the wicked prosper and those who are just are punished for their just, for being just. And so, how does the Lord answer? He points us to a heaven that is infinitely greater than what we think. You know, the, in uh, the gospel today, we have the Sadducees, who are the only people left in Israel who don't believe in the resurrection. And it's mainly because they've thrown in their lot with the Romans. The last thing they want is to be punished for the lives that they've lived. And so they have this ridiculous idea of what heaven is. Basically, they just think it's reincarnation. Oh, well, when we're all, you know, raised up from the plane of dead bones, whose wife is this woman going to be, you know? And they think they've trapped him. They have a silly idea of what heaven is. It's, it's way infinitely less than what it is. But you also have a silly idea of what heaven is. Whatever you think heaven is, put it aside. It doesn't, it's just not true. Whatever you conceive of heaven, especially if it worries you, especially if you think, wow, you know, maybe I'm going to be bored in heaven. Am I going to be satisfied in heaven? Put it aside. Because it falls so short of what the Lord has in store for us. Heaven is exactly what we were made for. It is complete 
and perfect fulfillment is a fullness of our hearts. It's perfect love and happiness and peace. And not in some passive way. It's not like we just sit there and receive perfect love, happiness, and peace. We are actively loving in a perfect way, worshiping the Lord perfectly. And that is exactly what we were made for. You know, when our, in our resurrected body, on, this, on the new earth, just imagine, actually don't imagine, just, just try to conceive of what that could look like. You know, Paul says to this same thing, he says, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor has the heart of man conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. You know, when we, we live this life for heaven, and don't, don't feel weird about that. You know, Immanuel Kant laid down this critique of Christians. He said, you know, Christians are selfish in their own way. It's just one step removed from everyone else's selfishness. Christians only do good in order that they might go to heaven. And everyone is all intimidated by that. Oh, Kant, he, oh, that's a great point. Yeah, we're all selfish. It's like saying that, you know, this lion is a selfish animal. He hunts and eats just so that he can live another day. How selfish of him. It's like, no, the lion's whole life is geared toward living another day. It's just what the lion does. It's at the very foundation of who a lion is. He wants to eat in order that he can live another day. And for us, that is heaven. Everything we do is for heaven. It's the most foundational thing about who we are. And without it, nothing else makes sense. Why do anything apart from this deep desire to spend eternity from God or spend eternity with God. So heaven is what we were created for. It's the whole goal of our existence. We hope for it in a very real way and we hope for it for everyone. And in this month, in November, we pray for all those who have gone before us, no matter who they are. And those prayers have real effect. When we pray for those that we love, when they have passed, the Lord does something about it, and we can trust that. So let's go forward with a new conception of what heaven is, believing it, hoping in it, and hoping in it for those that we love.